Midnight GMT. Hello, I'm Roger Hearing, and this is Business Matters on the BBC World Service. We're connecting the time zones. Today we're live in Stanford, California, and Delhi. Now, Alison, you've, um, you've been having an interesting time recently. You've been uh, looking at the concept of future cities. In fact, you've been over in Europe, I think, even here in Britain, uh, contemplating this. Uh, give us a picture of what you've been doing and what you've been hearing. I was actually back at Cambridge University in England last week and I was exploring the role of technology in shaping our future cities at a future cities conference there. And the conference assembled experts from academia, policymaking and business to explore the challenges and the opportunities facing cities. So I interviewed Professor Carlo Ratti. He's a director of the Sensible City Lab at MIT. Sensible as in sensors. He and his team are adding sensors to everything from trash to taxis to discover patterns, inefficiencies and again opportunities to reinvent future cities, make them greener, more sustainable. So his team collaborated with Uber recently to test the feasibility of car sharing and that led to the Uber pool being created in New York. So they found that in theory everyone could travel on demand with just one-fifth, i.e. 20% of the number of cars we use today. Can you imagine that? So he calls this the future mobility web. Here he If you think about the future, you can imagine something that we started calling a mobility web. A mobility web means uh, the ability to, in real time, know all the potential for transportation in the city, both for people and for parcels. Uh, Think about what happens today. You need to open one app, another app, another app, and do different things. Imagine if all of that were combined. Then you can do something similar to what you do today with uh, Kayak or Expedia or similar things where you scan all the possible options you have. You know, it's almost like a mobile web that actually radically change the way we look at mobility, both for people and for goods. Professor Carla Ratti there talking to you. Alison Willett Badavan, let me come to you on this. Um, you, you're in Delhi. Uh, can you imagine that kind of thing working in a city like Delhi? Would you be able to take transport to the point where you could be sort of aware of where every car or bus or lorry is at any given moment? Honestly, it, have, uh, it seems so in theory. We we can still use Google Maps, and I still have, when I try to take an Uber or a local uh, taxi service called Ola, it does tell me about the shortest possible route and the traffic and all. But I'm afraid, I'm afraid, let me take a slightly cynical view of what these guys in Stanford and places like that do. I call them the Mary Antoinette of our times, you know, let them have high tech is the new. Let them have cakes, eat cakes. I think uh, technological innovations have to be much more culturally sensitive and pragmatic for things to come on fast. And uh, people are not trying to uh, reduce the carbon footprint here or people are trying to save money. So things have to be interpreted more in terms of convenience and money for or a lot of ordinary people. So I think... Uh, um, the high techies there need to hire more of sociologists and anthropologists instead of merely talking to each other in an echo chamber of technology. So, so Madara, and you don't think it would catch on just because people... It will catch on. It will catch on. It's already catching on. My point is not an either-or situation. I'm just saying that for this to really work on the ground, you need to understand how other people think and feel. And that's not happening as much. Uh, This will catch on, but in a very zigzag sort of a way. It's already happening. But I think uh, what you have to remember that we do not need Californian 
idealism where we need Asian pragmatism. All right. Well, let me let me pick up that note, uh, which I think was rather carefully thrown to Alison, who is there, of course, in California. Um, does that take? Do you take that point on board do you, in thinking about future cities? We absolutely did. At the Future Cities Conference, I was emceeing the event and one of the refrains that people heard a lot was, let's get out of our silos here. Let's use this multidisciplinary approach. We need collaboration. We need to think about different cultures. But I think the holy grail of this in America, 42 hours a year are lost due to traffic congestion. And I imagine it's even worse in New Delhi. So I think there's a huge holy grail, if you like, shining out there and I think we can drive towards that and there are huge gains to be made and I think because of that that huge saving I think we will move in that direction the technology is there we just need to implement it Okay, Madhavan, let me put it to you, because, I mean, years ago when I was in Delhi, I went mm. to, a, to a place not that far away, Chandigarh, mm-hmm. which was built as a, a new city uh, designed by a famous architect as a way mm. of, of new living. In order to get to this future cities we're talking about, where things can be controlled and, and, and made better by technology, do you actually need to build new cities, something like Chandigarh, do you think? Uh, yes, we do. I, I personally think we do, although there's been so, too much emphasis on highways and ports. I think we need to build alternate cities. You know, Bangalore, for instance, is a choke to the brim with every technology company hiring people. But, uh, you know, we like you have Delhi gave away to New Delhi and then Gurgaon. Bangalore doesn't have alternative cities and it needed satellite towns badly. And we need them further off from the current cities, not just satellite towns. We need a huge amount of urban spending. And let me um, use this point to say that public transport is more important than managing cars on the streets. The good news is India is building a whole range of metros now. The metro in Delhi is working excellently. Thank you very much. And it's getting better and better. And Delhi's become a role model for others. But for a country of Indian demographics, where, you know, India's population has tripled since independence uh, to 1.2 billion or so. So in this kind of a population, you need a huge amount of government-led public transport uh, efforts. That's happening. And I do wish that civil society organizations and thinkers um, who help think of future cities also emphasize more on uh, public transport With that, and that, all the cities. That's, and, of course, this involves costs, I'm afraid. Well, so of course, and, involves- and, and, and as you say, public transport is at the, at the core. Now, Alison, let me come back to you in California, because there you would think uh, it's a country that has adopted new things very easily and quickly, particularly, I guess, in California. Um, is it a place where people are beginning to already put in place these kind of things you were talking about in Cambridge? Yes, it's definitely being experimented with uh, the city of San Jose, the city of San Francisco. They are already doing uh, test pilots with, for example, um, there's a project for driverless cars coming to San Jose. They're talking with 10 different driverless car companies. So these demo projects, these pilot projects are really important to understand how future cities can be um, more efficient, more sustainable, etc. I suppose one of the things, of course, that's at the back of everyone's minds when they think about these kind of integrated public transport systems, future cities, uh, smart cities, as I'm sure they'll be calling them at some point, is what happens if someone hacks in. Now, I know, Alison, at this particular event, you also did tackle the area of security, didn't you? 
Yes, we did indeed. And the the answer is layers of security. The technologists, the white hat technologists need to outsmart these, these hackers who are out for uh, nefarious uh, aims. So I spoke with Professor Ratti and he framed the importance of security in very memorable and stark terms. With some of these technologies, we can really have cities that are more sustainable, they're more sociable as well, we can share more and so on. But we need to look at issues. And I think there's at least two I'd like to mention. The first one is about, uh, you know, possibility of hacking. We all know what happens if a virus crashes our computer. But still nobody dies in that case. But if a virus crashes our self-driving car, it's a different story. So how to avoid it? How to make sure that our cities, you know, cannot be crushed because they run an operating system and, you know, that system has been, has been hacked is very, very important. And the other point is, yes, you know, Internet of Things means we generate an incredible amount of data, means we are doing a digital copy of our physical space, of our physical cities. And then it's very important we talk about, you know, who has access to the data, what for, and so on. And, uh, and that's one of the big conversations of our times. Professor Ratti there again. Now, Madhavan, I mean, this is an issue, I think, on so many people's minds at the moment. Both the two issues there, really. One, obviously, hacking, and the other one, how much privacy do you still have if you're in a, a smart city of this kind? What, what do you, what's your take on that? Well, uh, let me first tell you that India's Supreme Court is right now hearing a very contested case on the right to privacy, which was not part of the Indian discourse right now. We're trying to discuss that. But that seems less of a concern than uh, something like hacking, which in a very congested uh, scenario like India can actually cause uh, potential havoc and Uh, We really need safeguards, not only in terms of technological solutions, but also in public awareness. And I'm afraid technology is moving way too fast. uh, And we need, as I said earlier in the program, Asian uh, pragmatism in terms of cultural sensitivity. A lot of these new technologies have to be, you know, hastened slowly, if I may say so, so that there's a huge amount of evangelization required and a huge amount of governance issues. So I'm uh, afraid we'll have to actually find ways where um, the governments and the technology uh, players and uh, civil society organizations will have to work together in a very creative sort of a way. One is not denying the importance of uh, technology here, but uh, the safeguard issues are are sometimes being glossed over. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, that's not. We need much, uh, much more sense of detail on what if something doesn't go wrong. We need a uh, SWOT kind of a scenario. No strengths, weaks, opportunities, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. Oh, okay. We, um, let me let me pick that with Alison because I think that is an issue that's in so many people's mind. Obviously, Professor actually talked about it there a bit. That somehow the the enthusiasts for technology, the ways in which we can make everything easier, really are so keen that they don't really bear in mind that much. The, the risks of, uh, of things going badly wrong, including hacking, that they, it's really, they, they, they want to push forward before they actually consider the, the consequences. Yes, and that's where the policymakers come in, that there needs to be more collaboration. We heard at the conference from Mark Kleiman, for example, from the Greater London Authority, and that he was talking about how they're bringing in, they're actively recruiting technologists because they need people within the GLA who understand technology so that we're all on the same page, so that there are proper uh, controls, so that people's privacy is protected, so that hackers don't take over these systems. So it's 
a huge issue and as uh, Professor Ratti says, it's one of the big conversations of our time and more resources and smart thinkers need to be uh, pushed towards coming up with solutions. Indeed, indeed. Well, there we are. Smart cities, future cities, things that might happen that would make our lives easier but also potentially uh, put us at risk. So, Thanks, Alison. Thanks, Madhavan. Thanks to all of you. Bye-bye.